Hello and welcome to the Family History Show here on Radio Verulam 92.6 FM. I'm Clive Glover and I'm joined as usual by Anna Lofts. Hi Anna. Hello. Um, We're going to sort of try and sum up the programmes we've um, made in the last uh, few weeks, which you may have heard, um, because we've found out from talking to various people who are experts in their field, some of the things that they've been doing for other people, particularly in terms of tracing family histories. And some of them are running companies and they provide a service of doing some of the research for you, that sort of thing. So we can go through all these things and really look at the whole process. And all there's lots of people involved in this. I hadn't quite realised how many people must be doing this kind of stuff. It's become really quite a big thing these days I, I don't know if you realize that as well oh yeah I had no idea this is kind of opened up a whole new world for me I never really did any research into it before um I do think just going back to it, the aim of this program is kind of to give you a guide maybe of what chronological everyone could do it in their own order but maybe give you a bit of a chronological order to kind of um follow when you're wanting to if you're wanting slash when you're wanting to uncover your history and I do think it has been a very interesting process and I didn't realize that people do specialize in this field I didn't really ever think of it but I think it's like anything once you kind of look into it there's actually a lot more under the surface than you may think well, indeed. So I mean, let's let's start at the beginning, shall we? I mean, obviously, what people do is they somehow have a little spark. Maybe they listen to one of our programs and think, gosh, that's an interesting idea. And they think, mm. I could do that. What could I do? And we have suggested the first thing they should do is obviously speak to their relatives. Start with your parents, work backwards, grandparents, aunties and uncles, great aunts and all the other people you might have around who you know. And obviously, yes. you can perhaps write to them or phone them up and ask about this but you can also arrange I think the best thing is to do to meet them sometime and and sit there and ask them some questions and whatever and if they're prepared in advance many of them will probably have thought about it and maybe dug out a few of those old albums and photos they've got in a drawer somewhere and so they won't only say well you know my mother was so and so they'll say and here's a picture of her and this sort of thing and so it, it starts to build up the picture now One of the things there is whether you just sort of sit and chat, which, I mean, you probably do all the time anyway. Um, Other one is whether you want to go a bit more sort of, I suppose it's formal in some ways. It depends how you might want to handle this. But there is a real advantage if maybe you can actually record the conversation you're having because you can listen to it again and you can obviously pick up little bits and pieces and snippets of things which you might want to follow up from there. Um, And I think Mm. that's probably quite a good way to start. Yeah, I would really recommend that. I think it really helps when you're wanting to pick up the main information. You can go back and kind of edit and not edit, but you can go out and pick up, go back and pick out the information that you think is most relevant, most interesting that you want to include in your final product. I think that and also it's nice um, as a kind of side product that you have um, record audio recording of your relatives um, for future reference. Right. Now, also, the next stage, we reckon, is probably to go to your local library, if well, at least if you're in Hertfordshire. Yeah. I'm sure other places are the same. But if you're in Hertfordshire, all the libraries do have computer systems there, which, um, you know, hey, they've hit the 20th century. Uh, but basically, they've got computers <laughs> that you can, you can use. And the computers are, they've got... Um, They've got basically signed up to various um, databases. One is called Find Your Past, or Find My Past, I think it is. 
By my party. The other one's Ancestry, um, which is a big American um, company. But both, both of those do have access to lots of records. And the kind of records they have access to are certainly the, the, the core ones of the sort of birth, marriage and death certificates, which we've been yeah. collecting in this country for centuries. Um, so that there's a huge amount of things going back for literally hundreds of years, which you can uh, check on. And also exactly. they've, got, they've, got, they've got some of the other records um, on uh, databases. Not everything's been done now, but for example, church records. I know there is a massive project run by a university, I can't remember which one it is, and they're actually trying to um, computerise all of the church records in the country. Um, so that at some point in future you'll be able to, rather than have to go out and tramp around a graveyard somewhere, um, in the, you can actually then look it up online and find all the graves um, or details of people, including the graves. And they were going also mapping out the graveyards so that you actually know not only all the details on it, but you know it's 15 along on the seventh row over there in that hill, whatever. Um, so I think that's quite an interesting idea. But it means that... Oh, yeah. It means that you can get a lot of information from these um, references on, in the library. Um, and the libraries also do have a lot of books on the subject, which um, I hadn't really realised until I saw a shelf full of them, how many books there are on the subject, <laughs> you know, how to research mm. your, your family history. Um, and obviously, many of these are ones you can um, lend out and, and take them home to read. Some of them are reference ones. You have to read them in the library. But um, in most libraries, as I understand it, you can order copies of various books like that. Uh, as well so um there's also magazines actually there's a family history magazine and things like that which they may well have in your library so libraries are a good place to really go and spend some time there and um also of course the librarians do know about this stuff so you can ask them i was going to say yeah definitely um approach the librarians i think they're really happy to help you and it's nice kind of to have someone to guide you through maybe if you're a bit unsure what to do um but yeah i echo what you say clive i think it's really really good place to start and it's accessible to all well indeed usually we spoke to sally king who's the library manager at st albans library in the malting shopping center and yeah she was very very enthusiastic about this and i was quite surprised i did ask her how many people come and do this i was thinking you know she might get one or two a week and it's a lot more than that basically come to use the computers Mm. to do this research i think it's probably something to do with the television programs which are on like um who do you think you are particularly and and also the other one which is long lost family itv version and there's been one with ant and deck actually as well oh who (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, never heard of them no i mean yes i, I do did see that actually um but i mean basically all these things are making it more interested or people understanding this sort of stuff and thinking gosh that's interesting i want to follow up you might have the shock of finding you're related to anton deck I, I think they did come out actually in the end <laughs> and find they are related to each other which was of course was extremely funny Oh, yeah, I think that, yeah. I'm sure they knew that as the programme, before the programme was being made, otherwise <laughs> they needed something punchy at the end. I'm sure. Well, they seem to be joined at the hip to me. They're always just, always together everywhere. You never see them separately, do you? <laughs> anyway, right, change the subject quickly. Um, so that's it. So you've um, talked to your relatives, you've um, gone to the library, you've looked looked up um, things on the computers in the library you've perhaps taken a few books to read to find you how to do things and the next stage is what other documents there are out there 
apart from the ones we mentioned, which are the sort of official documents um, and the church equivalents, um, then you can also look up things like um, manifests, they call them, I think, these days, which are um, lists of people traveling on ships and so on. Um, for example, if your if your relatives have emigrated somewhere, you can find the documents often which ship they went on. If they went somewhere like mm. Australia, Australia is particularly good at this. They've got records on everything. So everyone who's arrived in the country, there's a record of that somewhere going right back to the beginning. And of course, Australia's beginning in terms of European emigration only goes back about 300 years. So they've actually got them right yeah. back to the first people who arrived there. I've probably got Captain Cook arrived, and it's, you know, being something <laughs> somewhere. Um, so yeah. that's quite good. So you can follow up these sort of things. And then uh, other countries, um, some records are better than others. But, I mean, um, in this country, the UK, including also Ireland, because um, they have the same system and they've kept the records for there as well, it's quite easy. Some other countries, if you've got relatives who are in France or Germany, uh, some of the records don't exist because they've been burnt or they've, you know, in, in various sort of wars and battles and things like this, unfortunately. Yeah. They didn't have centralised records in, in those countries in the same way we do. Yeah, I think there is a, there is a lot more out there than you maybe would think. Like oh, That's what I learned during this programme. I didn't really realise what records there were so I think knowing where to look it gives you a bit more direction and hopefully then you can hopefully then you can use the records but also even if you don't find anything useful from one place you can always turn to somewhere else like there's quite a lot of different options for you absolutely the other one is the sort of military records which are um in the um well, they're kept, as far as I know, in the um, Imperial War Museum in London, um, or mm. they've got computer systems there. You can access them. And that's because everyone who's signed up in the army in, during the, the two world wars particularly, um, there's a record of them signing on. So you find out what day they sort of joined the army or the Air Force or whatever. Um, you find out um, records of their... They, they, they keep sort of records like a diary for where they were sent and so on. And again, you can find the list of ships and things where they were, they were sent. I think as well, you can start by kind of finding more generalised records. And then as time goes on, you might filter things down to maybe more personal records. Like, um, I don't know, if, if things have been put... Or you may start by finding a personal like journal, I don't know, from one of your relatives or a... I don't know, a medal or something. And then it kind of, I think that can spur you on. So I think kind of look as everything as a bit of a clue because I think one thing does lead to the other with these things. Well, I think also what happens is you, you find particular relatives and, you know, you, you find a name of somebody and I feel it's a bit embarrassing. You know, you, all you really know is the day they were born, the day they got married and the day they died. And that's mm. a whole person's life. And you're sort of turning it into three lines on a piece of paper. And I feel a bit embarrassed thinking, oh, dear, well, they, you know, I don't know anything about them and what they did in their life. And, you know, they mm. lived for 70 years or something. They must have done a, a lot of things in that, that time. So it's useful to sort of fill out their life. And you obviously get that from stories people tell you, other documents and so on. And I think also at that point, you suddenly find some individual who sort of... Um, you relate to in some ways you know think oh they they were you know good at playing tennis and i'm i like i like that as well something like this and obviously me that you think mm. oh perhaps that's a gene that's been passed down to me or something yeah. <laughs> um yeah and, um old photos i was sent by my sister a photo a very faded black and white photo of my great great grandmother 
which was taken in about 1870, so quite early days of photography. Wow. And I tried to sort of enhance it a bit and so on, and I got it better than it was, but it was still a bit faded. But it was absolutely unmistakable. She looked incredibly like me. I suppose it's the other way around. I look incredibly like her. And I thought that was just just yeah. astonishing. You know, she's got a mole in the same place I have and things like that. Oh, On her wow. face, by the way. <laughs> Um, it was just Um, just that sort of thing you think wow it's just amazing yeah oh no definitely I really um I can't I really enjoy looking through I think looking through photos is quite a pleasurable activity as well like yeah yeah and you can usually find them within your own house because a lot of photos were taken not digitally in previous years and um, i have to tell you that digital photographs are really quite recent only the last sort of 15 20 years and before that everybody yeah. had to use strange cameras with films and you could take about you could take 24 pictures and then you had to take the film out yeah. take it and take it somewhere like a, a well chemist generally boots or whatever you know, get, it developed. get it developed they send you back with the prints and that was it yes that's the way it went I still do. I think that's still enjoyable, <laughs> that process. Well, it is, but it's this thing that, you know, with a digital camera, you go and go click, 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 and take 25 pictures, all of the same thing. And then if you're if you're good, you then sort them out and throw some of them away. But most people don't delete any of them. They have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds mm. of photos. And then it clogs out your, your iCloud or your Google Photos. Well, indeed. And I, I read somewhere that I think there were more photos taken, you know, in one year, like, you know, 2020 or something than uh, every every year previous to that. And the photography goes back like 150 years. The, the number of photos taken wow. is just unbelievable. And every year it's more than all the years before. That's incredible. Yeah. But obviously that means when you get photo albums, what you tend to get obviously are, again, the big events in someone's life because photography was relatively expensive and so they didn't just take lots of photos for everything. So you'll you'll get yeah. the photographs of weddings particularly. And that's a challenge. I've got a photo someone sent me recently or I found of my parents' wedding. And obviously there were a whole load of people there and I recognise who some of them are and I can work out some others. But obviously... It's quite a challenge to go through that thing. Well, who is that person there? Who are these people? And you just don't know who, have any idea who they are. I was given a um, photo book of my family um, on one side, and that's actually really it's really really cool. That's somewhere you can start, like just by a photo book, and then a simple family tree. Like you can start from the smallest things, um, and I think as well when you see a photo of someone, you're a bit more invested. You're a bit more kind of wanting to find out more because you know what they look like like you can picture them i think yeah it's it's good to start with photos that's one way you can and you start. look at their clothes their hairstyles that sort of thing they're smoking a pipe and you wouldn't be doing that much these days that sort of thing it's all very interesting stuff exactly. isn't it yeah um i've got some posed photos of someone who was one of my uncles and he's sort of um in a room with a sort of great big vase full of flowers and a sort of i don't know it looks like a dining room it might have been a smoking room they had such such things there and both smoking cigars and the rest of it and it just looks amazing you think it's like a film set <laughs> but it was a real mm, place exactly well, probably it may not may have been a set i don't know perhaps it was a photographer's it is <laughs> yeah maybe um it is a snapshot in time which is really i think photos are quite intriguing as well because you want to know what happened before and after the photo <laughs> Yes, well, the other photos are typically of holidays, and that's when you suddenly start realising that 
until relatively recently, I mean, I'm talking a bit, <laughs> 50 years or so, you know, people holidays mm. was basically you went off on a coach or maybe a train to a seaside resort in this country, like South End or Brighton or down into sort of the West Country, you know, somewhere. Um, and you spent yeah. your two weeks staying in a bed and breakfast or something like that. And, you know, going mm. on the beach, having an ice cream, getting the gulls nicking your food or whatever it is, this kind of stuff. And that, that was your <laughs> annual holiday. And in fact, even the idea of having an annual holiday was quite unusual. Um, some... Exactly. You can really see how, sorry, you can really see how things have changed. Well, indeed. And in the north of England, particularly, people used to actually all go on holiday at the same time because many of them worked in the same factories. The factory would close yeah. down for two weeks in the summer and everybody went off to to a holiday but they often went off on sort of company organized trips so they went on holiday with the same people they work with that's really interesting isn't it that's all so i think mike was mentioning it that is definitely social history and how it all interlinks with that's the thing you're everybody who's an individual fits into some period of time or some event or some kind of period of history that is significant in some way usually fit into some time like every, things happen all the time so um, that's quite intriguing, and it kind of some maybe finding out your family history can it can kind of educate you on um the history of that time as well. I think it's all it's just very kind of um informative. Well, certainly, I have a photo of a particular relative of mine who I was quite interested in, and I found out where it was because there was a little mark on the photograph with the name of the photographer and where it was, and I actually went to mm. that place and found it, and then sort of was standing there in the middle of the road saying, "Oh, it was taken from here." <laughs> I know that is really and cool. interesting, <laughs> and you can see how things have well, changed, it, like as in the the architecture. Yeah, well, it was a seaside especially. resort in Kent, and actually, it hadn't changed. It was exactly the same buildings. I mean, it's sort of Regency Georgian type, great big buildings. Which wow, is why I could recognise exactly where it was taken from. Yeah, yeah, that's true, actually. You might not have recognised well, exactly. it Exactly, if it all been knocked down and so on, you, you wouldn't know at all. Um, okay, well, some of the things we spoke to, the, the other people who we spoke to and the Tom's family of our, our Colin at Radio Verulam, um, and that was really interesting, I thought, because he, his sister and mother had spent a long time tracing their family history. And um, mm. they'd got lots of records from various family members. And they traced it all. But what they found was um, some very interesting connections, including a connection directly to royalty, which, of course, makes it easy to trace because once you hit one royal me member of a royal family, you can easily find them sort of going right back. And it went right back to, right back yeah. to Queen Eleanor. Um, <laughs> I know it's amazing. And Queen Eleanor, if you don't know, is the one who died in the Midlands, I think it was, and they carried her back to London to be buried in Westminster Abbey. And everywhere they stopped, they marked the spot and they built a, a cross, which is called the Eleanor Crosses. And coincidentally, of course, St Albans was the last stop on the way back to London, and uh, so they put a, Eleanor Cross was actually in front of the clock tower in St Albans. Wow, that's that's incredible. That's until so I don't know when it was. It was it was demolished a um, hundred or more years ago. Um, I can't remember, but there is actually a plaque on the clock tower which mentions this and explains when it was uh, taken down. Mm. Um, I remember yeah. you telling so me. So I thought that. I thought that was a really good connection locally as well. I thought, wow, that's interesting. Um, but yeah, that's true. That's, so yeah. They're, they're related to the Queen Eleanor, and also um, they found they were also related to Tollpuddle Martyrs. Trade unionists yeah. who um, marched on London um, in the, well, I suppose the end of the nineteenth century, 
and uh, they were found guilty of um, rioting and, and sent off to Australia, you know, to the colonies. Um, and yeah. it was a very famous case which ended up, they, they were then um, pardoned and brought back from Australia some years later. And it's really a very big thing in sort of the history of trade unionism, particularly. And there's actually a museum down in the village in, in uh, Dorset where they, that was all started from, which is Tollpuddle. The thing is, as well, these can, finding out family history can connect you to people who are living in this current period, era because, as you mentioned, that museum, you could then visit the museum, find out someone who's maybe really interested in the toll puddle, martyrs, and you kind of... It's just... it's I just... I like this whole process because... It, um, well, I haven't actually... I like the thought of the whole process because you, it connects... You kind of, it's like a treasure hunt. You like, not a treasure hunt, but it's kind of like something that you keep on un- uncovering, 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 like unwrapping, 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 and it leads you in lots of different directions, which I really like. Um, but I think, yeah, I yeah, I, I thought the interview, if you haven't given the interview a listen, then definitely do because it's super interesting. Right, and of course, all of these um, will be made as podcasts shortly. So if you're not getting hearing the program on the radio which you will do um then you can find them later as podcasts let me talk about dna i think yeah. because um dna interests me particularly yeah. now, I, I had my dna um measured or taken i'm not quite sure what the phrase is <laughs> but um it, so i've got mm. quite interested in this and um i think there's a sort of interesting point about this and i'll just read out a little bit to you um because actually everybody is related to each other literally and in theory we all go back to um just two people one woman and one man surprisingly enough which is actually amazing which, i mean it's obviously logically true yeah it's logical, um, and of yeah. course the genealogists who do all this work call them adam and eve for some reason i can't imagine um but what it what it is is it's not there, there wasn't just <laughs> one woman there was basically thousands of women but only one of them has sort of had her genes carried forward right up to our current day and it's the same with the man um you know they, they were just members of a large group of people who were living in um, various parts of the world and moved on but there are m- many mm. of them that basically that their descendants just didn't survive so that line disappeared but we can all be traced back to this one and the interesting thing is that the um the sort of calculations the the original line of um the men goes back 275,000 years and it was just one man that's kind of hard well, to comprehend and, and comprehend. I, I can't remember how generations is that's a huge number of generations but basically um he was just one person who at the time was living in east africa which is where obviously we think all um humans of our species started out um and the um yeah the, the original ones then they moved from africa and they went in two ways they went up into the middle east and then later into europe or some of them went up to sort of north africa and then went across the mediterranean so like spain and then moved into europe that way and so these are two different groups which we've been traced from and in my particular case for example i've discovered that the one i'm related to lived about eleven thousand years ago in spain my mother's line goes back not quite so far. Well, I mean, there's the original one back that way, but something like um, fifteen hundred, sorry, fifteen thousand years ago, people who basically were in Europe, they um, 
Obviously, the Ice Age was there. The last Ice Age finished about 15,000 years ago. So people who'd escaped it in the past had moved into Africa and they moved back again into Europe over a few hundreds or thousands of years. And so up to about 9,000 years ago, they were spreading through the continent and then also into Britain because at that time the ice was melting, but there was still actually a land bridge between um, the UK and the continent, which we now call Doggerland, which, by the way, um, it's under the North Sea. Um, and that's why, in fact, quite recently, they've been digging up bones under the North Sea and found you know, lions and tigers and things like that and elephants which you're a bit puzzled why are they sort of in the UK. But in those days, it was all very thick tropical jungle. And then as the ice melted, it flooded the, the areas, including the, creating the North Sea. I've just been educated. Yeah, it's, it's all quite fascinating <laughs> stuff. Um, but, you know, they get yeah. elephant bones washed up on the beaches in Suffolk or something like this. And they so where do these come from, you know? <laughs> um, mm-hmm. um, that's the thing, like artifacts. I don't know if you would you count that as an I artifact? suppose you can use that word. Artifact tends to mean things which are manufactured yeah. or, or sort of created by people or other other animals, perhaps. But yeah, I was just going to say artifacts could also be something very interesting to explore. Um, it's a bit like photos, I suppose, is kind of an artifact. It is an artifact, I think. Um, so yeah, that's another way that you that another thing you might come across when maybe you're clearing out someone's attic and you <laughs> come across. I know that's quite stereotypical, but yeah, but that that's intriguing. It it's yeah. I think there's so many um, there's so much information out there about all of this, especially books. It's kind of inspiring me to really um, read read up on it more. I think it's something you can really get. Stuck I'm going to give you a recommendation and all the listeners as well. A book which is fantastic is called The Incredible Human Journey. And it's written by Professor Alice Roberts, you know, she of all the television archaeology programs, who actually I have met. Yeah. Uh, she actually came to a, a talk in St Albans and I met her and she was a really nice person, which is what she comes across as on television, I have to be say, honestly. So but it's a really mm. good book. Um, it's a few years old, Incredible Human Journey. And it is literally the story of the origins of the human race or our particular human race, because we're a particular species. There were other species of humans. Obviously, the most best known around here is the Neanderthals. And they were in Europe before our species sort of moved in from Africa onto them and took over. Now, in the Victorian times, when they realised this, they thought that they must have all killed... We must have killed off all these Neanderthals. But it isn't true because actually most people in Europe have um, a percentage of DNA from Neanderthals. Um, and I, ha- I have about 3% of me, apparently, is Neanderthal DNA. So obviously mm-hmm. that suggests wow. that they probably did meet each other in a different way to just beating each other up. Mm. Um, this has been a really interesting process. And I hope that this last episode has really helped you to kind of see things a bit more clearly and kind of put everything into order for you. Um, I just wanted to mention that um, if you wanted to get in contact with someone directly um, about um, who is an expert, you could always get in contact with Mike um, Trenchard. Um, his details will be on the Radio Verilin website. And also Caroline Pierce and Mike Tibble, um, who run the company Audio Biographers, which produces recordings of discussions with your relatives um, about their family histories. So there are um, specific people you can get in contact with or the library. But um, if you listen back through the episodes or go into the website, then 
that information will be readily available to you but also we do invite listeners um all of you guys to get in contact with any stories or questions that you do have um through the instagram or um our twitter page and we'd love to hear from you because it's been a really kind of informative process for us and really interesting and it'd be great um to know if anyone's kind of um started discovering their family history but yeah was there anything you wanted to say clive Twitter and Instagram accounts are at RV Family History. Thank you very much, Anna. And it's been really interesting doing these programs. And uh, we don't know yet whether to do any more, but we probably will. If, if people start asking us lots of questions, that'll be a good basis for some more programs. So ask away. Yeah. Thank you for listening very much. Yeah. And ask away. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed yeah, this. Thanks process. very much. So thank you for listening and uh, hope to see you again soon. Bye.